What's up, what's up, what's up, everybody? It's your girl, Sarah B. And we're back, and you're listening to the I Got Five On It podcast. I'm here with my amazing co-host. Andy B, a.k.a. Big Brother. And you are listening to the I Got Five On It podcast, a podcast focusing on the lower end of film. So, everybody, I hope you enjoy. (laughs) So, what's good, bro? What's poppin'? How's life? Dude, life is like without sleep right now. I don't have, I don't get a lot of it, and I'm, I just like when I do get time to fall, like go have a nap or something. I just can't fall asleep. So why? What's going on? Sleeping much? Oh, oh, because um, well, if people listening haven't noticed, we had a a two week break. Is because my wife decided to have a baby (laughs) in the middle of a pandemic. She decided that. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, dude, this is poor poor timing, babe. Well, congrats, brother. I'm happy you got yeah. a little baby. You finally got a little girl in your in your family. Yeah, so um if you haven't been picking up on the clues, I've been calling our youngest son my future middle child for a little while. <laughs> and he's he is now the actual middle child. So. <laughs> he's finally became it. Yeah, they're they're actually doing pretty good. Both the boys are doing really well so far. Um, they're you know helping out. They're very interested in the baby. They do like like the middle the middle one does a lot of annoying things because he doesn't quite know. He's like a four year old still, so he's like doesn't quite understand that like what he's doing is like cr- incredibly annoying. But he's like trying to ha- help. Like his heart is in the right place. He's like. He has this like stuffed sheep that makes this crazy ass like bedtime noise. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> and every time the baby cries, he like runs up with it and like puts it, and it's like so loud. And I'm just like, oh god! And everybody's like, Noah, get it out of here! No, it's like and this isn't helping. Like, Are you sure? Yeah, he's like, what if I, what if I wiggle it? What if I uh, dance with it? <laughs> <laughs> just like the most. The most baby thought process to help a baby. Yeah. Well, I, I think helping babies. I think that's amazing, bro. I'm hyped. That means Sarah B got a new niece. I still keep counting these babies. Loving them. <laughs> yeah, we got like a full house. We got like three bedrooms and four people in here. So or five people in here. So it's dope. Congrats, brother. We're stacking them. We're stacking them too high in some places. <laughs> Yeah, so that's what I've been just busy with the baby and stuff and trying to squeeze in a little bit of work and I'm like on half leave so like I don't have to work as much anymore and and I finally got to watch Tiger King. <laughs> so And that's why everyone came to this episode today so we could talk a little oh, bit yeah. about good old Tiger King. About Tiger King. <laughs> Actually, you know, before we get started, I didn't ask you what what have you been doing lately? Oh, me? Well, yeah, you. <laughs> Not not much, I got to be honest, everybody. <laughs> but you know what? I don't know if I mentioned this before, but I'm I'm alternate day fasting where I eat one day like a normal person and then I just don't eat the next day at all. And then it just keeps going back and forth until I die, probably. <laughs> well, yeah, everything happens until you die, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what I'm not making like the wheel here. Like... Is it like from Fight Club, right? Like on a long enough timeline, everybody's chances of survival drop to zero. 
That sounds like something that would be in that movie. No, <laughs> I, uh, I think it literally is in that movie. <laughs> but I'm digging it, man. Like today I haven't eaten. All I've done is like drink water and had one Diet Coke and I'm living life out here. Like I'm feeling good. I'm feeling nice and light. My skin's clearing up. Yeah, it's it's the best part. Like when you start doing that fasting and, and those those good for you kind of diets, like your like all your um your swollenness in the faces, like I've always noticed for me, like it always goes down a lot quicker and your face clears up and you get a little more energy and stuff. So Yeah, so anyone if you're listening and uh you're tired of uh being tired, try some alternate day fasting. Maybe don't just go straight into that. Maybe try some intermittent fasting, some other kind of fasting before Yeah. the 36 fast. But hey, what do I know? <laughs> yeah. And we had Mother's Day, too. So We did have Mother's really Day. A yeah. couple of weeks between episodes. Yeah. Mother's Day came about. Appreciate the mama, our mamas. Appreciate your wife, yeah. her, your kid's mama. It's a, it was a great day. It was a fantastic day. Yeah, it was a little it was a little bummer that we had to um celebrate them apart again, but I mean, what can you do? We're not above this. We're not above the virus. We got to we got to stay separated. <laughs> yeah. We're not Orange County. <laughs> we don't even do the 6 feet apart rule. We do the 6 miles at least rule. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> my neighbors are just not following my requests. I've sent them over like you have to move away. <laughs> You guys gotta go. You gotta you gotta get everything out of here. We just had and a then baby. On the bottom, on the bottom, it says like dibs. <laughs> like, <laughs> I have dibs on this block. Can't <laughs> believe. All right. So today on this amazing episode of I got it, I got it on this amazing I episode <laughs> of the I Got Five on a podcast, we're gonna be covering the entire Tiger King series, featuring everybody's favorite Joe Exotic. Now, before we go deep into this, Joe Exotic is a man that once owned a large, um, some may call it a tiger farm, some might call it a zoo. I don't know. It's up to you, whatever you would like to call it. And it's about his life during those years of owning this and his um, climb to fame and his obsession with a woman named Carol. Um. Before I go deeper into this, I actually knew of the man Joe Exotic many years ago because he was featured on a documentary by Louis Thurdeau, who's one of my favorite British BBC documentary makers. And he went and made a documentary on people who own exotic pets, who owned exotic animals privately. And he spent time with Joe Exotic back then. While he was married to two men, he had two partners and the whole thing during that time. And from there, I became acquainted with Joe Exotic and how batshit crazy it was. But by the end of that episode of this like docuseries, I kind of fell in love with him. I loved him. So when I went online and I saw there's another whole entire documentary series all dedicated to Joe Exotic, I was very much excited for it. Cool. Yeah, I had like no idea who this guy was until like the trailer started showing up on like my Netflix banner. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, what is this? Because he's just like, it has that like cut. He's like, 
Where are they? They're like in Ohio or something. They're in Oklahoma. Yeah, he's like, I'm I'm from Oklahoma. I'm gay and I like shooting things or something like that. And (laughs) I was like, oh my God. I was like, this looks amazing. And then he's like, uh, and he has all these tigers with him. I was like, there's there's something here. There's something. (laughs) Well, it's like the when you go into the Louis Trudeau documentary series i'm I'm sure i'm pronouncing his last name wrong it um it like follows him from the very beginning that he's like getting all the tigers and putting them in hiding because a tornado is coming and he was all he's like hyping up the host the whole time he's like i got 300 tigers you want to know what 300 tigers and a tornado going on in oklahoma sounds like not a good time and it's (laughs) it's like obviously bro yeah that sounds like a, a sci-fi movie in the making there. <laughs> yeah, like, and even in then, it was before he ran for president, which we'll talk about. But in that documentary, he does have the two husbands. He has all the cats. And he is, he, at that point, he's, like, teaching seminars to other people who own exotic animals and how to teach them how to take care of them in their own private, like, little zoos or whatever. Yeah, like I want to go back to the two husband thing real quick. I know we're gonna cover it more in the in this episode, but that that one threw me for a curve because he didn't have two, hu- he didn't have two husbands within that time. He has literally two husbands at the same time. It's like a a polygamy thing. Yeah, polyamorous. And if you go online, um, you can watch the entire ceremony, which I have had watched it, <laughs> of him with uh committing to Travis, and um Jason. Yeah, and I was just like that. That part threw me for a curve because I was not expecting <laughs> that angle to be thrown in there. <laughs> and I was just like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> that always hits you for a sideways. Like all those other things, I was like, "Oh, those are kind of all interesting existing at the same time." But that one, I was just like, "What?" So we're gonna begin. Um, actually, before we jump into the series, just to jump back to that little documentary I saw, I think that it's actually called Fatal Attraction is the documentary. Um, Doc is in it as well. Doc is in that documentary. And then also the guy at the end who begins to make a zoo with Jeff at the end of the series, the random dude that's building the zoo and then he ends up screwing him over. He's also in the documentary. So all these people are very, very well known and have been very well documented exotic animal owners. Like if you look up exotic animals, these people come up. So they're familiar faces if you've ever looked into buying a tiger, probably. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought I thought that was really interesting. I had I knew people kinda own these things here and there. Mm-hmm. Like these animals. You know, but I did not understand that like it was such like a um, I'm not going to say big business because it seems like it's concentrated in like these little farms. Um, But like I didn't realize how popular it was. Yeah. Very, very popular (laughs) to the point that like I can see how people jump into the hype of it. But so let's let's just jump into it. So episode one, we meet Joe Exotic. Yes, not your average Joe is the title <laughs> for this episode, and he definitely isn't. So the first episode, what goes on in that? What what happens in the first episode? I think it's a lot of uh, intro to um, like the this big cat culture. 
they mm-hmm. they talk a lot about like how like the they ha- it's a lot of narrative from like the guy that was like i forget his name that was doing a lot of the directing of his joe exotic show mm-hmm. yeah that, the, the producer like, yeah about how like all the big cat people are kind of crazy and they all have animosity to each other and it was a lot of um it was a lot of introduction between him and carol's like um feud that would be like carries on throughout the season Definitely. And it kind of gives you some of the main characters that will be in it, such as Doc is in the first episode. Jeff is in the first episode. You see little pictures of him in there. It starts giving you the idea that Joe Exotic is a little bit of an off-the-wall character. and Yeah, he's definitely... Uh, a unique person (laughs) yeah and basically this is just the episode to give you the plan of being like okay you're gonna see some crazy shit you're gonna see some hillbillies shooting some guns and uh there's gonna be lots and lots of tigers yeah i felt like though like in this episode though um they really they really are they kind of like throughout the series they lean back and forth and back and forth on like the perspective of the documentary and it starts off really heavy like oh like joe exotic is kind of like this guy and he he owns these tigers and it's really uh, like a profiteering thing off like this cub petting and like carol is like this real like like trying to save the tigers and like she's trying to like you know she's the opposite side of it you know that's how like the the series begins mm-hmm. and then it kind of slowly inches over to like a different opinion kind of zigs back and forth and i thought they did a real good job doing that in the series definitely because um it plays out everyone's it shows everyone's cards and you kind of choose which one to follow no i know some people have said oh i don't like how i'm portrayed in this show but really no one is portrayed negatively Maybe Doc Atlin is, but that's that's the only I guy. I think everybody's portrayed as, you know, um, from the perspective of what they got. I mean, they gave you everything. So, like, the audience could kind of decide. I mean, it's edited in a way to um, keep your interest by zigging you back and forth between uh, the opinions and, like, perspectives and stuff like that. But it's I think it's all there if you look at it. Definitely. And before we forget to say that, the first episode does set the tone for where we're, we're hearing the story to know about what the event is that turns everything. That makes it this like a crazy documentary, which is the fact that Joe is under arrest and going to trial for a murder to hire case to kill Carol Baskin. Just in case we did not yeah. mention that. <laughs> yeah. So it kind of fir- drops that at the end. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I think. Well, no, it, it talks about it at the beginning, the first episode, you know? But you're kind of right. like, how? What the fuck? Like, it, it, it doesn't yeah, explain like, any reason. There? So then we jump over to the second episode, which is the episode Cult of Personality. And there is where we jump into Doc Atlin's, like, character or this man, Doc, who I find yeah, to be the most... Heavy interesting character of the entire series because they definitely brush over the fact that he has a cult like he has a full-on cult yeah like this whole episode i think i mean it, it's not brushed over i wouldn't say but it it definitely is like um they do go through like how he um 
is like he has all these like women sister wives kind of they don't kind of know how it goes and like he's not very forthcoming with it and how he renames them and like he only hires virgins who are like 17 years old and they all work on the on the thing and they're all obsessed with cats and like and he has like this really um like particular way of speaking where he like you know has a lot of vertical mouth movements and he's just like talking really fast like he knows everything and like and i'm just like dude this guy's a creep like i'm just looking at it the whole time i'm like i hear what he's saying and it sounds okay like in this first at the beginning of this episode but i'm like he looks like a creep like he looks like a weirdo yeah and then he changes their names even he makes one girl who's the the woman who left who were learning the story about him from to to get breast implants didn't even ask her yeah that was weird and then he dresses all of his girlfriends like 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 80 superhero whores like it's like nuts like like bartenders almost yeah like 80s bartenders in a futuristic bar like it's it's a weird yeah. concept of like bob concept. wire yeah exactly and um basically the the cameras follow him you go on his property these keep on cutting in parts that they don't do for anywhere else where it shows in between like them filming for the documentary and them oh, setting up yeah, for the yeah, shots yeah. which i'm almost like are they editing that in to make him look more like a buffoon um, of course they are, but like, what is the reason for that? I don't know. I, th- I think they added that in to give you the perspective that maybe he's the like, maybe he. That's how controlling he is. Is that he can't turn it off. Like he thinks he's in charge of like everything, like including this documentary that's like coming to visit him. Like he's like, he's like giving them direction and stuff. And they even make fun of him a little bit on the camera, which they leave. They're like, you know. He's like, he's a better director than we are. Yeah. (laughs) And he's really the guy you meet that kind of the main issue of this documentary is about, which is breeding baby tigers, which is like the B story. Like, should people be breeding tigers is the B story of this entire documentary. And he's one of the main people who breeds these baby tigers for um, people who visit his little tiny private zoo to play with. And is that humane? Is this like something that people should be doing? Right. And it's, and it is kind of like, um, like it is kind of this thing where like, if you take out the fact that he, they have the, he, they imply that he's, um, killing them once they get too big. Cause he can't keep them all. That he's just keeping them for this cub petting thing. Like, I can kind of see their point, like, in a way that, like, hey, like, these animals should be in the wild, and we should leave them there, so, but, like, if we want to see them, we can kind of make our own, like, we know how to do this, like, we get two tigers together, and we pop out some baby tigers, and we keep these ones. Well, I don't want to get into the the euthanization of the tigers yet, I just want to talk a little bit about, like, just the petting, because that's a big thing. Yeah, the cub petting? Just the cub petting idea. And the idea that, okay, let's talk a little bit about Carol Baskin right now. <laughs> can we jump into that since we're talking about Cup Petty? Yeah. Carol Baskin is the other, is considered, you can either think of her as the hero of the story or the villain of the story. It's kind of up to you. And she is a woman who is in Florida who also owns a sanctuary 
or a private zoo, whatever you want to call it. And her whole thing is that she doesn't breed any of her tigers. She doesn't do any of that. All she does is rescue tigers and give them a place to stay until they they die. And she's very much against breeding tigers, especially if you're going to have baby tigers to put them in situations where they're entertainment. Right. So that is her whole thing. She has campaigns online and she wants to shut these things down, which leads her to, to, to hate Joe Exotic, who also breeds baby tigers and Doc. Which causes them to also hate her in return, just to put out that information. I mean, that's what they kind of are presenting in the first couple episodes. But they they do change the tone of that a little bit later. (laughs) They do. They do change the tone of that a a, a little bit later. But at this moment, that's kind of where we are. Yeah. And like, I know, and... um, and joe is like he's really upset with her like um to the point where it's like uh like an obsession to him they start showing about like how he uh, he's calling her a bitch all the time on her show and like he wants you know he's like this chick says this this chick says that like he's just like airing it out like in a way that's like like over the top well yeah because joe exotic just explain again for the audience, just because Joe Exotic has been on other documentaries. He's he's trying to get fame simultaneously during this time in history. He also starts doing a daily live internet show. And on this internet show, while he's becoming obsessed with Carol Bassett, he is on air threatening her like every day. Yeah, it's weird. It starts to become very, very weird. Yeah, it becomes very weird. Like, once you go, oh, like, he, he, like, when you see the first time, you're like, oh, like, he lost his shit and he said some shit online. Like, who hasn't done that? But then when they start showing, like, all these different episodes of him, like, episode, like, 182, like, why Carol's a bitch. Like, and you're just like, oh, God, dude, like, let it go a little bit. Yeah, and it, I mean, the, at the same time in this, when you're watching this docu-series, it's interviewing people who are around him at the time. So it's interviewing his, like, employees, his friends, the producers of that show that was helping him running at the time. And everybody at this point was getting kind of weirded out by his yeah, obsession you with Carabas. Like, yeah, like, some of them were like, yeah, he was really cool and he treated us really well. But, like, that whole Carol thing, he was, like, a little overboard on. <laughs> it got a little weird like, at the end. But yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll leave. We got weird. I'll leave the conversation to the end about how I feel about everyone who worked at the zoo and how they're all acting right now because. Mm, 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 but right now, let's focus mm. on the series. So then we go into episode three, the secret, and there we start learning a little bit more about Carol, the woman, since the other last two episodes have been talking about her, almost the entire time. Right. Now, Carol gives out her whole spill. We go meet her. We go to her house. She also has an internet show. Well, she talks to all her fans because she has a big following for being um, someone who a rescues cat cats. Rescue. You know? Yeah. And from there, we also learn a little bit about her past. And her husband, who disappeared and left her tons and tons of money, in which she then started this sanctuary, this rescue right but the the man disappeared under very suspicious yes circumstances like it doesn't make any sense like why like how he disappeared or why he disappeared like it's very 
I think that's the part that's really strange about this whole thing is that like nobody can get a clear like no no reasoning is like very clear why he disappears. Oh like, no! Not even that like. Go ahead. No, I said oh no because you know like most people for their um for you to get their life insurance you must die but he specifically changed his to say to be disappeared and then signed it a year before he disappeared yeah so i mean there's there's some stuff that's not included in that like why you wouldn't even need the life insurance money like if it was a uh you know a no strings attached marriage she could just divorce him and take half of everything he had anyway so uh, there must have been a prenup there or something which they weren't really like spelling out uh, or didn't know yeah like, something was off or she, maybe she just wanted it all i don't know but that was really weird um i think this is the episode where they go over like <clears throat> like the van that was left at the airport with the keys in it that was really strange as well the keys in the airport what part is that yeah like that's where like um uh the last thing they seen was uh the last thing they know is that he that he probably took this van that they had and it was found at an airport with the keys in it oh yeah they explain that that's yeah and like how he would have never flown off from there and you can't get from anywhere from there. And like, no, like why would anybody kidnap him and take him there? And like, it was just a weird, like kind of like, it, it looks like a crazy person was trying to misdirect people and did a poor job of doing it. I don't know, man. I mean, I watch a lot of, uh, a lot of true crime shows <clears throat> Carol has a little bit of that, those those killer eyes, you know? <laughs> <laughs> she does have, like, some crazy eyes. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, it's not clear except for money that her motivation is. But it seemed like she could have gotten the, the money from him anyway. That's my, my thing is, like, they didn't really go into, like, was their relationship that rocky? Or, well, I don't no divorce laws in florida i don't think you get half just because you married them it's not like california i I don't know i don't know if it's any different so i don't pretend to know but like i mean maybe she would have got nothing you know yeah but like the whole story of them how they met is really weird and strange and like you know how like keith he like saw her walking down the street and just like wanted to talk and like that was just weird and like nonsensical like her story of how they met was just so unbelievable it's all ridiculous i mean for our viewers who don't know she also then has a new husband who's ridiculously rich who i don't know if they mentioned this in the documentary but she marries um like literally like two months before she's about to lose the zoo because she's in so far of debt. And this guy is another person that gets her out of it. Oh, they did not mention that. I don't think they did. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've, I've done a lot of research afterwards, too. This woman did. She's she's a little off. She's a little a off. A little? I don't know. But I do she's like the cool cats and kittens. Off. I know people keep saying that because they're like, isn't that funny? But I actually think that's amazing. Like, that's a great play on word. What's yeah. up, cool cats and kittens? I love that shit. <laughs> <laughs> so the What's next up, cool cats and kids. 
So the next episode is called Playing With Fire, where Joe, Joe Exotic, everyone's favorite uh, meth head, starts doing all this crazy shit, right? So now he he's full on on the internet show. He also is simultaneously from the internet show. The guy helping him make that is also making a reality show on him. Mind you of the fact there's also a third camera crew making the documentary you're watching right now following them. But yeah, I don't it's even. like docuception or something. <laughs> like it's, it's like documentary. It's like a turducken of documentaries. You know what I mean? Yeah. But there we meet Joe. Finally, we meet John Finley, who is Joe's or maybe we met him last episode. But that's Joe's like first main boyfriend. And then you also meet Travis who is the yeah. younger, huge, like, stoner boyfriend. So John Finley, yeah. um, supposedly, they all agree to get married. And in this episode, you watch the actual marriage. Mind you of the fact that if you look, watch online, just go online and watch the entire the entire ceremony it is amazing from beginning to end if there's another episode like if you're if you want more tiger king watch the wedding videos because it is amazing <laughs> it is fucking amazing <laughs> yeah they don't show much of it in the episode but it's real um, that one threw me for a curve because like I, I they i thought in that in the documentary they they implied that he married the first husband first, not that they did like a, a joint ceremony. Is well, actually, that true or did they marry him both of them at the same time? Well, you can't marry two people at the same time legally. But in paperwork, Rise, actually, Joe Exotic was married to Travis and then did a ceremony committal with John there. But he was only legally married to Travis. Facts. Oh, okay. And um, it kind of leaves the fact that it starts giving you clues that maybe Travis is not gay. John Finley, on the other hand, they also say is giving out the fact that he's not gay, but I don't get that vibe from him. John Finley is definitely I, bisexual. I didn't get that from either one of those guys. I thought they were both fluid. I thought they were both kind of like in, in and out of whatever they wanted. I, I think like the joe exotic uh cast or crew or whatever was living in a little bit of like a world where you, you you're polar like it's a little polarized world where you're kind of one or the other you like have to make that commitment and i, I think these guys were a little more fluid than they could comprehend That's what yeah i, I think actually like how they played it off because in by this time you kind of meet John Finley and they kind of start saying who is the the first boyfriend he had. He has like missing teeth and stuff, but a good looking guy, way more of the redneck um, that he ends up leaving Joe because he gets the girl who's Joe's um, secretary pregnant. Yes. And leaves him for her. And so they start implying that both these guys are straight, which I don't believe in because if you even watch the marriage ceremony, Travis and and John Finley kiss. It's not like they just married Joe. They also right. married each other. Yeah. So I think I think there's a little like um, a misperception of like uh, contemporary sexuality going around in that little circle of people there. 
I just that's what I think. Yeah, I thought that was a weird way that they played it. But anyway. Yeah, they played it real like they're gay for pay kind of thing. And I really think they were just doing what they wanted to and, and following their heart kind of thing. And it was just, you know, drugs and fun and love and it was all mixed up and they were just all having like a weird, crazy time. Yeah. And they might have not really loved them. It might have been the money, but they definitely couldn't be. You can't be a straight guy and be willing to marry somebody in public in front of everyone. Yeah, I think you. they were just, you know, they, they just went with however they felt the, on those days. Like, I think it was a lot of Joe's like, um, like. You know, he was kind of, he seemed like a really fun guy for them. And like, you know, he provided them drugs that they wanted and he was entertaining and he was captivating to them. And like, you know, he had money and tigers and shit. Yeah. Maybe they just got in a little over their head and, and that can happen with people where you mistake love for, you know, the attention. And I think that's what happened. I don't think they were straight guys like trying to take advantage of them. I think. They were, they go with whatever they felt. And at the time, like the attention and the money, you know, felt like what they wanted to and felt like that I was filling the love spot for them. So I feel the same way, Andy. I feel the same way exactly. So that basically all that kind of happens in the episode. It starts showing that people aren't who they thought they were. And then um, there's also all these people start start trying to, well, not all these people. Really, it's just Carol Baskin starts suing Joe Exotic for right. defamation. Be- not defamation. What's the word, Andy? Um, I don't. I know what you're talking about. Like they start, uh, like basically slander, like for yeah, Joe because like and- because Joe again, like we said earlier, has this web series that he's like doing all day and talking about Carol Bassett. Carol basically gets fucking over it. And she's like, dude, this guy's talking about me all damn day. He starts a traveling um, petting kind of exotic petting show that he puts up in malls where you can go there and pet a tiger and pet a bear or whatever. And he makes a sign that looks almost exactly like her logo for her rescue. So people would think that it was part of hers. So she sues him for yeah. all this copyright stuff. Susan for slander, I think. All this nonsense. And since she's trying to get money from him to pay him back, Joe's big idea, okay, allegedly, allegedly, Joe goes and blows up a house that's on his property that has all his like files of like his money and everything like all his tax papers or whatever he he blows it up and is like oh no someone's out to kill me (laughs) yeah it was like um i I believe it was like a studio uh basically like a like a barn he had that was attached to the gator I guess he had gators as well, which they didn't cover too much, but uh, to the gator part of his um, zoo. Mm-hmm. And and he tries to pin it on the other guy. He tries to pin it on his producer. And like right off the bat, they, they kind of imply that it's right off the bat that he tries to pin it on him. And because they have the, the little security camera video and stuff like that and and it's obviously like uh like he's covering up information trying to get insurance money like it's kind of like a try to like a win-win like uh move in my opinion that he he does 
Yeah, exactly. And then he gets rid of that guy because he was asking too much fucking questions. He was becoming a fucking asshole. Well, the guy said like um, that he owned the show, right? That he owned the re- the reality show, and that Joe didn't actually own any of it. Like that's how his producing contracts work, and he even admits that. And and like him and Joe were obviously having a falling out at that point too. Yes, yes, and Joe again so, is also becoming crazier and crazier. Because then he decides, you know, this guy wants fame. He wants people to know him. He wants love. He wants to be accepted. So what does he do? He decides to run for president. (laughs) Yes. And there we go into episode five, Make America Exotic Again. And we dive deep. (laughs) The best title of all the episodes, I think. (laughs) We dive deep into Joe's Exotics. Um his his run for the president and then later on his run for governor because you know if you fail once you got to try again maybe he was like i went too high too fast i gotta bring my 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 thing down i gotta start for governor (laughs) yeah i thought this was like the the turning point of the series where you really started like feeling for like um like you start really feeling for Joe's m- mental state. Like he, you can tell he's kind of falling apart at this point. Like he doesn't know what to do with himself. Like he's trying to do any, like he's feeling the stress of like losing the zoo and owing people money and all this stuff. And yeah, I mean, I, I definitely agree with that. At this point, you can definitely tell that he, he's getting a little desperate. He's getting very, yeah. very desperate. John yeah, Finley has already left. So he lost one of his boyfriends. Thank God he already had two, so he wasn't alone, but he was close to it. He's got that backup boyfriend. He had his backup boyfriend. Um, And there we kind of meet uh, this other man who is uh, his campaign manager, who is a very funny character. I kind of liked him because he's like a redneck libertarian who's like, Joe Exotic doesn't know shit. Yeah, he's like um he's like a hipster libertarian kind of guy and like he's just like, well, he's a fucking idiot. <laughs> but like he paid me money and he was willing to do it, so I took the money cuz I I couldn't get that much money anywhere else. And it's like That guy's really weird. Like not like weird like Joe, but strange in a way where you're kind of like, wow, like like I don't know. Like, it hit me weird that he was, like, he, because it acted, he acted like he was just the campaign manager, and he was dropping in and out and and talking to Joe and, like, observing all this craziness. But later on, we find out that he's there quite a bit. Like, we kind of figure out that he's there at the zoo or farm, like, quite a bit. Well, yeah, I mean, I never got the feeling that he was just in and out. Like, I always kind of got the feeling that he looked, like, he liked Joe and that he took being a campaign manager very serious. Yes. And that he was also a gay man in Oklahoma. So I felt like yes, they, think- you know, they had that connection. He was supporting, you know. I think he felt like he had to look out for Joe. I think he just felt sorry for Joe Exotic. Yeah. I feel like there was a little, um, like a little empathy going there. Like he, or almost like, uh, like I can maybe write this ship a little bit, like, cause I'm 
he gave off the impression that he thought he was smarter than everybody else too. Oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah, that he was like above to be around everyone. Yeah, which like I don't, I don't uh, pretend that he actually wasn't smarter than other people. But the, when you start kind of acting like you're better than other people, is when you kind of like I kind of lose uh, a, a little favor on you. I don't like that. Yeah, it doesn't sit well in your mouth. It doesn't. Yeah. You know what? I realized, everybody, I'm sorry if you're listening to this. I'm going to jump back a little bit, okay? I forgot to mention one of the biggest things that happened in episode two. We meet um, a trans man who loses his arm in a tiger cage because he gets it bitten off by a tiger. (laughs) Just in case, if you... If you watch the show case, yeah. <laughs> and you forgot, I forget his name, but in the entire rest of the series, they misgender him and call him her. But um, I saw an interview with him and he didn't mind. So no one's upset. <laughs> you know what? I did not realize that that was a transgender person, to be honest with you. It just didn't um, occur to me. Yeah, me either. But pff, yeah, fuck if I know but anything. That- that image of of the uh, the aftermath of that tiger attack is well, just don't eat pizza right before you watch that episode. That's all I'm gonna say. It is nuts, and you know what's nuttier? He goes back to work a week later with the same yeah. damn tigers. Yeah, and I, I all with this this attitude that he doesn't want. Um, the zoo to take bad publicity because she got or he got mauled by the tiger like i thought that was really strange yeah well you know and that's kind of like the third story that has to do in tiger king so you have the one that joe is trying to kill the the idea that he hired someone to kill carol basket which we're not even there but it's like this tone that you're trying to figure out how he got to there this b story is like okay should we have tigers in captivities and should we let them breed and the third story is these people don't actually care about because they're Joe Exotic. That everyone sticks around and everyone's there because they just like tigers a lot. Yes. <laughs> That's really like in the end. Like no one cares about t- like Joe Exotic. It's just about tigers. Yeah. He was just the conduit to get to the tigers. Yeah. Because people love tigers. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was the whole weirdest like element of this um docuseries that i thought was like strange is that like there's this culture of people that just love being around tigers and like all the people that visited the zoo there's love tigers they like these big cats like tigers and lions were just like the symbol for them almost of like strength and nature and they were just like who doesn't want to pet a tiger they're just like amazing and strong and i was like oh what so i I didn't know like I don't live in Asia because I don't want to come across a tiger. (laughs) No, I do have one friend. I have a friend that's like a tiger person. Like she has like pictures of tigers in her room and she goes to like the tiger like sanctuaries with her husband and they go like on the weekends just to visit tigers. Like I know people like this. Like, well, I know one person and it freaked me out because I was like, what? I mean, tigers are fucking rad, but like (laughs) I never thought about hanging out with them that much. Like what the heck? No, like, um, they're great to go look at, um, like we, I've seen tigers at like the San Diego zoo and I've seen tigers. At, I think the, the San Francisco zoo had tigers and they're beautiful animals and they're just kind of, they're there, but like, 
I mean, they just don't have that that grip on my soul like these people had. It it was like <laughs> it was like people that go see concerts of like celebrities, like that level of obsession. Like they were just like, We go to the zoo, like we go see these tigers like every weekend. I was like, What? Like they were saying that I think they interviewed some guy, he's like, Yeah, I was here, you know, last weekend and two weekends ago I brought my like niece is here and i'm here this weekend and i was like dude you're spending like 200 plus dollars every time you come to see just some tigers like he's like yeah i am crazy (laughs) yeah he's like what about it he's like i'm gonna turn into a tiger if you have anything to say about it kind of stuff and i was like whoa i thought that was like the most surprising part element of this um of this show to me was those those kind of nameless people that were just really obsessed with going to see the tigers yeah definitely definitely that's and like very interesting um well then past that we kind of jump back to where we are in the episodes right so joe is is becoming a president well trying to become the president and then becoming the governor during this time again carol is trying to get his money to pay back for all the shit all the lawsuits so he's like, okay, whatever, fuck this. I gotta like sign this zoo to somebody else. So it looks like I have nothing. I'm blowing up everything I have. You want my watch, Carol? You can have it. And he puts like his Rolex walks on like oh, a yeah. tree branch and blows it up. <laughs> I got nothing, Carol. Anyway. You want my bed? You can have my bed. And he blows up like a, a box spring. Like he's just like polluting this river with just like his garbage. <laughs> just like so that he meets this uh this this obviously con artist who has like his great grandpa oh, yeah. owned a, a world famous zoo or whatever the fuck anyway Why and are this all these people kind of freaks though like <laughs> if you notice like this guy was like they're gonna like they just jumped in they're like we get we don't have a lot of time with this guy he just is like him and his girlfriends just like go at it with like weird ladies like all the time and i was just like what yeah they're like okay here's jeff right he's yeah he's kind of he feels weird you think he's a con artist also him and his girlfriend have crazy threesomes all day because they got baby tigers in vegas and it's like wait what they found they found not only like women that love tigers but women that love tigers and threesomes like i was just like what or willing to play with a tiger and go through a threesome to get there. Like, it was just a strange thing. So he meets Jeff, and him and Jeff, I guess, decide that he should sign the zoo to, to Jeff. And Jeff, from that point, will just be the financier, but it's still Joe's zoo. That was the idea. Joe's show, yeah. Of course, when Jeff comes, it's not true. He starts firing everybody. He starts changing everything up. And this is freaking out Joe. He brings a henchman. Yeah. He Okay. Yeah. So Jeff also introduces the scariest man I've ever seen on a reality <laughs> show. And it's, it's like his, obviously like his, his like shooter, the gunman. Yeah. It to he, start hanging out. His, his Swiss army knife to get like all of his dirty work done. And I'm just like, and it just hit me. Cause like, like even Joe goes, 
I think he says this something in this episode. He's like, he's got like, cause it's like not foreign to us. It's like, he's got a, like a tattoo teardrop on his face. And that means he killed somebody. <laughs> and I was like, you know, where we grow up, like that's fairly common knowledge. Like that, that's something that we know. Or so it's not a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, but for it's them, not something you tell people to shock them. It's just like, you know, <laughs> you don't talk about that kind of stuff you just know you need a guy with teardrops on his eyes you don't like oh my god you killed somebody you just go like oh hey nice to meet you uh i'm gonna go over here now (laughs) yeah so this is causing joe to start acting very erratic like he's like okay i'm losing my zoo this stupid bitch carol basket keeps on fucking jacking my shit up but at least i got travis so he starts i guess mentally like controlling travis travis i guess is is a big stoner weed advocate guy and joe is at this point keeping him so high and not letting him leave the zoo apparently not letting him talk to no one and keeping him on this like compound kind of like hostage environment so during this time travis is driving around the zoo he's getting bored he's complaining to everybody this guy's just starting to act reckless because he would do a bunch of math and like shoot his gun into the lake. Like just crazy ass shit. You know what? The, uh, during this whole segment, which was unclear to me, was obviously that um, Travis's mom was acquainted with Joe Exotic in a way. Like either she was an employee or like within a circle of friends. No, she was definitely an employee because there is a scene where they start talking about all the drug use they're all doing and he shoots at her when she's like yeah, running he away. At her and she like laughs and like it's like, you know, like you see grab ass in a movie, but he's like has a shotgun and he's like, you want to dance? And I was like, oh, shit. Like you guys are playing with guns. Like, Well, they're much. all on meth. They're all on meth. No. Yeah, that's what I kind of got yeah. that even mama was a little bit on meth. Yeah. Um, Casual meth user. <laughs> so i guess so there is actually this part is really sad there is actually a terrible accident that happens during this time because things things have to end right they're they're coming up to a boiling point and no one's happy anymore the environment's off so some of course some sort of bad luck is about to happen so travis one day walks into the office and he starts talking to the gentleman we talked about earlier who is joe exotic's campaign manager and during that time, he accidentally shoots himself in the head in front of him. I guess he was playing with a gun and was trying to do a practical joke and takes his own life. And they show Did you get that it was an accident? Yes. I do believe it was an accident. I, dude, I don't know, man. That looked that looked weird on purpose. I really don't think so. Because I there's too many reports that he was like do playing with guns all the time and stuff like that. And it was empty. Like, if you go online, like, uh, he didn't have something in there. There was just one left in the chamber on accident. Right. But, like he said, like, like the guy said, like, he told him, like, don't play around with that. And he said, like, you know what kind of gun this is. It won't fire unless it has the clip in it. Mm-hmm. And so, like, he had to purposely load a clip, even if it's empty in the bottom of that thing, to fire. And he would know if it didn't have it in there. And he purposely sat in a position so the camera would not see him. 
I honestly just don't think that. I think that um, it didn't seem like the other guy who was there thought that because you said he referred to it later in the series as a terrible accident that I because I, he was talking about how he never got therapy for leaving there. And there's even interviews with him later that he has done on other podcasts where he's talking about how he's mad that he never got therapy for this, that this really messed him up. But he talks he always calls it an accident, like a terrible accident. Yeah, I think, you know, it could have been an accident from my perspective. Like, there was obviously, like, a lot of depression going around and, like, sheltering and, like, echo chambering to him that, like, you know, that can really fuck up some people. Uh, Even the, the most stable people can be fucked up with a culture like that. And, like, maybe he just felt like this was his only way out. That's what, I mean, that's. I don't put it past him. Like it's a it's a crazy thing to do, but like honestly, I just don't think so. I I didn't get that vibe at all from it. Like I, I kind of felt like it was just about how when you're don't have any reason for living, you start doing hella meth all the fucking time, and it's just about how like giving guns to people who are on drugs all day, like this was bound to fucking happen. Like that's what I kind of got. Like not like it's a depression thing. Like life is so sad it's just like of course this guy fucking shot himself in the head at some point like it's terrible and it's sad but like this guy all he did was play with guns the entire thing and blow things up well uh, if anything i think the documentary was a little ambiguous uh, around the events of this incident because i mean out of respect for travis i think travis was the 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 largest victim out of anybody in that 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 was on this farm yeah i mean it's sad like yeah. this guy never had even a chance like joe saw a weakness in him which was meth and just fed yeah. into that to make him love him yeah okay, you're not I he think, still uh, abused that whole i think fact. i think poor travis like uh was treated pretty unfairly and it's tragic what happened to him either if it was an accident or on purpose i think it's still it doesn't take it away how how tragic his situation really was yeah so r.i.p travis yeah, man. That was sad. That kind of sucks. I don't like to see that kind of stuff um, happen to people, even though it happens every single day. Like, this kind of thing happens not in just uh, from Joe Exotic's farm. It happens all over the places and people's names we never hear about, and it's kind of sad. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, man. Yeah. But from there, we kind of follow to move on which is sad but to to go to joe dealing with travis's death which starts this whole new saga into travis's life i mean not travis's joe's life and it kind of talks to travis's mother who you start seeing you kind of start seeing the the craziness that starts happening in joe's mind because he then starts immediately looking for someone the same age like same kind of yeah, like esque of a man to yeah to feeling be his new husband right which is like oh that's that's fucking off it's really creepy and it was like really quick too like they kind of covered it so much like they covered a few scenes where joe was obviously throwing like a like an employee barbecue and all these things and a funeral mm-hmm. and they start introducing this new character and you're like of course there's not a lot of time to get all this stuff done 
So like, of course, like they're just covering them back to back because they're, it's a linking event in this um, documentary, but it's really only like, what did they say? Like a month, two months later, two months later. Like that was like, that was really shocking to me. Like, and there was a lot of people, including the guy that was the campaign manager and some of the other people that said like, oh, Joe was just faking his feelings for or how sad he was for him and all this stuff. And I thought that was like really sad. Well, other people were saying that Joe, the the campaign manager for Joe was the one who said like he because after Travis died, he felt so bad for him. That was the only reason why he stayed. Right. But like he did say that like uh, he did. He did say it by implying he's like, I think Joe like would hide onions in his pockets and wipe his eyes with them and stuff like that. Like making a show that he was still so sad about Travis kind of thing. Yeah, that was that the the crackhead dude with the blonde long hair. Yeah. I thought they all kind of said something like that that implied that he, he really wasn't that broken up about Travis's death. Like, he just wanted that part of his life filled with somebody, and he didn't really care who it was. Yeah, yeah. Definitely they gave off the impression that people were trying to, were kind of seeing through, like, his, his everything. Like, what, like, he just wanted sympathy for people to relate to him. (coughs) So here we start following him as he tries to start now sending off and selling his tigers because Jeff has come in. Or everyone's favorite Vegas tiger hoarder and is now trying to take over the entire zoo. So Joe's like, no, fuck that. Like, I'm getting rid of some of these tigers. Like, you ain't taking my tigers. Like, fuck that. Sorry, everybody. I don't know why I'm cussing so much. <laughs> yeah, fuck that shit. <laughs> yeah, like, whoa, why am I acting that way? Anyway, so. Yeah, you just drop an F bomb like nobody's <laughs> business now. Yeah, fuck that motherfucking shit so and there's all this weird side story with him starting a zoo in like texas or something and i was just like this is too much for me oh because joe at this point then takes off with his new husband and they go into hiding because they don't want anyone to right. find him because he has too many legal problems he's just done but really we jump back to those times and we find out that Joe already knows he's under investigation by the fbi because of a small conversation that he had with jeff his uh owner and then one of his new financiers that we meet who is this man i forget his name but he is also the one of the he's in the first episode talking about tiger people but he is basically a criminal he owns like strip joints and he sells like stolen cars and he owns a lemur yeah and him (laughs) the three of them were hanging out one night i guess and the conversation came about (laughs) of joe I guess hiring someone to kill, finally kill Kara Basket. Mind you, be yeah. they're all saying different parts of the story that kind of point the finger at the other people. But in the end, the gentleman who is the criminal gets busted by the FBI, apparently because he owns an illegal lemur, and they get him to become an informant to start telling them what's going on with Jeff and, and uh, Joe Exotic and to be like, okay, so we kind of think something's going on here what is going on and then they start feeding them information about this murder to hire um scenario i thought that whole story about the lemur was freaking weak as fuck no he was definitely he got information and they were gonna do him on something else and he's like no no 
no see the the guy that owns that that crazy gay guy over there like he's gonna kill that that tiger lady in florida just let you guys know yeah (laughs) he's like it's not the money laundering that i'm doing look look away from that we're gonna talk about like murder for hire some real juicy stuff okay so then at this point jeff and joe are both being investigated but the the bad stripper money criminal guy is better friends with jeff so he pulls jeff aside and he's like yo remember when you guys were like gonna try to kill carol a couple months ago the fbi knows about that so how about you contact them and tell them all the information you know and we'll just throw joe under the bus because like you're the homie yeah and we're gonna own this and we're gonna open this new zoo in texas the, the you and me and some other fucking exotic dude and he's like okay sounds good so the original idea apparently was that Jeff was going to give $3,000 to Joe was going to give $3,000 to Jeff's like hit like henchman to go kill Kara Bassett. But on the way there, the henchman decides to change his mind and he goes to a strip club and starts um, spending money, spending the money on that instead. Yeah. In which reality Well, not reality. The second theory, because I don't know if this is reality, is that Joe said that he gave $3,000 to that guy to get rid of him and that they were all talking about killing her, but they weren't really serious and that Jeff pinned that on him so he can take the zoo completely and didn't have to deal with any legal things. Right. I think the truth is somewhere in between that, but I just want to hear your opinion first. Um, on this whole thing yeah i think um to be honest with you i think it's like this whole like joe wanting to kill her i think he said it all the time and i think they just were just like fuck it like we will get as many people as we can to say that they've actually heard him say that he wanted to do it and we'll like get him high and we'll get him drunk and we'll like get more shit we'll make him say more shit and make him think about it more and then we'll just pin it on him i think it was complete fake i think it was bullshit yeah i mean i got the feeling that it was bullshit but another part of me felt like maybe yes they were talking about killing her but i don't think joe ever was really gonna pay for it yeah i don't think they i don't think joe ever thought anybody would actually kill her like i don't think he ever thought that was gonna happen no, and I think Joe was in a space where he was already like sending bad checks. He was forging the other guy's name on shit. So yeah. there was already bad blood. Like no one trusted each other to the point like not these three these four guys would not be putting together a murder to hire like scenario, you know? Yeah, and like and like who really thinks that like $3,000 is enough to kill another human being? Like that's like that's an unreasonable amount of money to offer anybody to do such a thing. No, those three guys definitely pinned it all on him or they convinced Joe. Like they hyped Joe up so much that he was going along yeah. with it and then was like, eh, I don't know. And I then think they were definitely leading him in, in, in at least like um, expressing himself that he would telling as many people around the farm that he wanted it done like you know like hyping him up like oh that bitch you know like and getting him high and like having him say it as many times as they could and then they just freaking i think they made it up i think it's like 
because when you look at the the time period when he's already he this is when he's already trying to unload the tigers and all this stuff and like he's already there's no point to it like it wouldn't have gotten him anything no it doesn't make point at the time because at the time him and jeff weren't getting along and he was trying to sell off the tigers that he had still so jeff couldn't make any money so it would make more sense just to get fucking rid of him exactly there's way more motivation for jeff not betraying him that's the wrong word but like pinning everything on on joe than joe trying to kill whatever her name is yeah, Carol. It didn't. It didn't. Ben. It didn't benefit him enough that Carol would die in any way. Because like, he obviously probably didn't owe Carol directly. He probably owed the farm or the thing that she owned, the cat sanctuary, the money, not directly to her. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of of ways this could have gone. I just don't believe the one that the government decided to go with. Um, yeah. So from I think it was the easiest one. That's why they went with it. Yeah, definitely. For so from there, we now find Joe, Joe, poor Joe Exotic in jail. Now, while Joe is in jail, we learn about other things that he might have done, which were illegal, like killing tigers, burying tigers around the yard for no reason, um, selling illegal baby tigers. All this nonsense. So Joe's in jail and everyone's turned on him. So Joe says, fuck it. Yeah, I bred baby tigers. But you know who does it more? Doc. And you know what he does afterwards? He kills them. (laughs) It's like, whoa. (laughs) Which is actually kind of crazy because Doc is the only person in this entire documentary who holds it down for Joe. Like the whole time he's all like, Joe's not a bad guy. I don't think he would have done any of that if it wasn't for Jeff. Like it's like. Yeah. They, they, there is, they do mention that he is offing these tigers earlier in the documentary. And it's like, you're like, kind of like, oh, I can kind of see it. Like, I can see that there's like a, a, like a savage, weird part of this guy that's like, okay with like, just like, just destroying these like magnificent animals. Well, he has tons of tons of baby animals all every time you see him and you think, where are all the big tigers? Because I don't yeah, see them. Well, I mean, that's what happened to Joe. I think that was one of his um, mistakes in his um, business plan is that he didn't want to kill the tigers at first. So he had too many of them. He had too many of these grown tigers to feed that were eating him out of literally all his money. Well, so <coughs> for the last episode, we go. Well, not the, the update episode, but the last the episode seven. Um, we start going to the trial part and we're seeing all these people that we met actually testify against Joe. Um, we meet one gentleman who you see meet in the beginning who was missing his legs and he's obviously a drug addict. Um, but we're not going to get too deep on that, but it's just the fact that he is all like, yeah, I, I know Joe killed those tigers, blah, blah, blah. Nothing about him seemed legit i'm sorry i'm not even saying that just to be a joe fan i don't think he killed those tigers randomly i think he didn't want to pay for euthanize some of the old blind ones or the old ones that were going bad which he shouldn't have but i think he just probably killed them and then buried them out there i don't think he was killing full-on healthy grown tigers i think what he was doing was i think joe was at the end of his rope and 
I think there was a part of him that rationalized, well, like this tiger is the sickest one and the oldest one. It's either going to starve to death or get mauled or I can just put it out of its like pain and suffering kind of thing. And he was just going down the line, like doing it all the time, like because like he had no he couldn't feed them anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And then John Finley goes on there and he also testifies against Joe about transferring for uh illegally transporting tigers which actually i believe joe is guilty of <laughs> very guilty no, of definitely for sure <laughs> i think there's there's footage in the documentary of him illegally transporting tigers yeah yeah like i mean i don't think joe should not not be in jail let me just say that to everyone listening to this i think joe belongs in jail i don't believe he belongs in jail for the his entire rest of his life like i don't think he tried to kill a human being i think joe did some shady business with some baby tigers, but <laughs> yeah, I think I think he was living on the uh, the lawless edge there, and I think, I mean, there's just so many other things that he did. I think that that like you could you could really get him on this one that they have him on this whole murder for hire thing. I think is really like, I think it's really shady and transparently weird and not right. Yeah, like I think it's 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 very transparent that it wasn't a strong case. It was a weak case and it it just all of it just doesn't make any sense. Right. So that kind of concludes all of Tiger King. There is also a last last episode called The Tiger King and I where you have the guy from the soup interview people from the show. Uh-oh. Did you watch this? Another Canadian that Julie <laughs> Sarah doesn't like. Wait, I don't even know Joe Joe McHale Canadian, but he kind of looks like it. <laughs> he might as be another. Canadian because he. No, I'm not gonna say anything. I love our Canadian listeners. <laughs> Dude, Canadians are awesome. Yeah. Hey, hey shout out to Ireland. Ireland too. We got a uh, somebody listen to us out there in Ireland, and we appreciate. Hell yeah! Appreciate Thank that. you guys. We love you, Ireland. <laughs> Dude, what's wrong with Ireland? That's Nothing. I just think it's so funny. That's to tell a whole country we love you. We love you, Ireland. <laughs> we love you, Ireland. You small, but you got a big heart. So, so the last very the update episode, Joel McHale, I guess, yeah, he interviews people from the series, and this is when I stopped really liking a lot of the people from the series because at this point you're oh, you're yeah. meeting these people who are now eating their own hype, like they're like, oh yeah, Tiger King, like we're fucking yeah, like we're oh yeah, shit. these people are definitely sniffing their own farts for sure. Like they they they're all talking like I don't know. You can just tell so many of this. They're so many of them are lying. You can just tell. They're just they're just so unsincere. Like the producer dude that was trying to make the reality show on him that got blown up his stuff. He's like, oh, Joe was he was terrified of the Tigers. He was so scared of them. He didn't even like them. I'm like, dude, he was in a car driving around with one. Like, you cannot tell me this guy was terrified of Tigers. Like, no. And that I think he would he was scared of when they got too big for him to handle. Cause I mean, like they've done studies on this, like tigers and uh, just, just a note for people. Like you can look it up, but wild animals are wild animals for a reason. You can't really domesticate these things. Like 
you can have them love you and like respect you as a thing, but like they're wild. Like there's there's a different mentality with wild animals and they, they will go wild on you eventually. Siegfried and Roy. Dude. Um, didn't, uh, there was like a, a chimpanzee attacks are like kind of common, like for people that own chimps, mm-hmm. tiger attacks are common. Bear attacks are pretty common amongst trainers. Elephants are the most notorious wild animals that we've tried to domesticate that like cause ruckuses. Wolves. Wolves are another one that people always think are just a dog that they can domesticate. And these aren't the same things. These are wild animals. Their genetics aren't designed for domestication like dogs and cows and little cats have been bred over the years they've been changed and evolved to be domesticated you can't just domesticate a fucking tiger no i mean it would take like a century of human interaction with that tiger until it changed to maybe something that was a little bit more domesticated go through um i'm gonna go off a little top a little off topic but um there's a documentary series a science series that people know that's that's called nova and they done this study with um, foxes. Oh yeah, when they domesticated and they Iceland. turned into like puppy fox. I seen that. Yeah, like they, they it takes generations of of breeding and selective breeding by humans to domesticate these animals. It's not like you can just take a wild freaking animal from the wild as a as a pup or a kitten or whatever and then grow it up with you and then it's domesticated like that's not how it works like <laughs> yeah they're still wild like, animals. dogs are dogs because of of millennia of being with humans and selective breeding that's like i mean there was no boxer out there at some point there was no even labradors and those there wasn't things. pugs running old. free in forests yeah exactly <laughs> there wasn't like a yeah well, there was a little, little like you know pack of fucking chihuahuas running around like <laughs> okay could i also so. say something very quickly though while at the end of this exotic series i did have the urge to buy an exotic animal which led me online to look for exotic animal breeders and boy did i find some did you know that there are like 20 breeders in just California to buy wolf dogs. And they're not bad price. Wolf like, dogs. if you have 800 bucks, you can get yourself a little wolf dog. Oh, no, thank you. I was thinking this about like it. The most untrustworthy animal. You can also buy monkeys, like, hella easy and cheap. No, too mischievous. No. Well, I don't want anything throwing shit at me that's not my own son's. You know, I don't like monkeys too much. They kind of scare me. You know, their little hands. Yeah. They look like babies. Yeah, yeah. they kind of, it just like, it freaks me out a little bit. I mean, I like monkeys from afar, but I don't know if I would have one as a pet. But you can yeah. buy tigers online. Just to let everyone listening, just if you have the space, <laughs> think about I just told everybody not to do this, and you're telling everybody to do this. <laughs> This is like the documentary. <laughs> well, okay. So like I would own a tiger if I was stupid rich, but like it wouldn't be my friend. Like I wouldn't think that me and this tiger had a bond. Like I wouldn't be over there being like, we play around all the time. Like he loves me. I would have this as like yeah, an animal, like a wild animal that I own. Just like throw meat at it and shit. 
You yeah, know? it's not like Bagheera from like Aladdin. It's not gonna just kick it with you and like, <laughs> like give you the nod like the, the the like it's not gonna have eyebrows that go like Sarah really. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I wish, but I don't think that happened. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that happens either. Um. So okay. In conclusion, Andy, all on serious now. No more, no more messing around. Okay, no more playing around. Are you? How do you feel about tigers being? in sanctuaries or as pets or in zoos how do you feel about this whole thing i feel that first of all i don't think people in that's this is just my opinion it has nothing to do i don't think people should own tigers privately and i don't think actually um anybody that's not regulated by some sort of um wildlife preservation society or federal government should own tigers either i don't think these little zoos should own tigers i do think tiger breeding should be a thing that's done with professional zoologists and researchers in a way to preserve these animals in a safe way so like they can educate people and show people these animals and have them in the zoos um without taking them out of the wild um I think that can be done responsibly and on a very small scale, like if necessary, like because these tigers are very rare in the wild. But um, yeah, I'm not a big fan of any of this uh, private tiger buying or trading or selling or breeding. And I feel that I kind of agree with you, but then I kind of don't. Yeah, go ahead. Well, okay, so. I don't like the mini, like, um, highway zoos either. I think that is disgusting. I think there should be some sort of regulation where there's people who go around and they visit these zoos constantly to make sure that there is, like, up to the state or the federal regulation, which would be. And also, but I think getting rid of private zoos would never really work because people don't visit zoos enough, and I don't think the government will give money to them enough. Like, you need private zoos so people will spend the money so you'll be able to take care of these tigers. So, but I do believe that they should also be continually to breed tigers, not necessarily for them to be like brought to a little kid's party to take pictures with. I don't think that's cool, but I do believe breeding tigers and keeping them, keeping them part of our world is very important since wild tigers will not exist. I'm telling you, will not exist in 500 years. They're going to be gone. I think it's less time than that, yeah. I mean, um, I'm giving it larger because I didn't know. I didn't want to give it too short, and someone's like, you're wrong. But, you know, like, tigers won't exist anymore, so we need to breed them so we have tigers, you know? Yeah, I think um, in terms of, like, having it as a conservation method or, like, a method of preserving how they looked, I think it's really, they didn't go into, um, they obviously didn't go into the, uh the crossbreeding that they were doing in the documentary but like i think in the first or second episode when they showed doc's place i was like oh that's a liger for sure like i know that's a liger with and then they mentioned them a few times after words and i don't i think that stuff's weird i think no that stuff is messed up those things together yeah that's not natural there's a reason why they can't you can't breed two ligers together without artificial insemination there's a reason for that 
Yeah, it's I called think they God. should be Just <laughs> the kept to keeping them as pure to the the regional breed as possible. Like, well, you know, the Siberian tiger is different than. That's the whole thing. They know, talk about that in the documentary with Doc because they're like, oh, he's like, people are insulting me because, you know, I don't breed this tiger with this tiger. Or, or maybe it was the other documentary I watched. But he was all like, you know, no one knows. Like, who knows a Bengal from a Siberian? You know, they're a tiger. You look at it and it's a tiger. <laughs> I was like, you know what? You're right. I guess <laughs> you look at it because it yeah. is just a tiger. <laughs> no, but like, if you're talking, if you're really under the umbrella of like conservation, you you're gonna want to keep these animals that are um, geolo- uh, geographically isolated to themselves, like kept as like they would be in the wild. You wouldn't want to mix and match them. It's like, you know what I mean? No, you're right. Actually, let's let's be serious for a second. You're right. No, you know, I just thought I think the government should invest money for the zoos that we have now to be bigger and make more larger sanctuaries for wild animals, you know? So they don't need to have private places so you can go see a tiger, you know? You know, that's just my idea. Yeah. But in conclusion, guys, that is Tiger King. A story about a man, Joe Exotic, a gay man in Oklahoma. Was a little addicted to math and addicted to a good time. Yeah, it, and we didn't even cover a lot. If you if you haven't watched the series, uh, go back and see it because we didn't cover. Um, there was uh, Claire's. What is her name? Was her name Clara or something? Or I don't know. Lady that that he tried to kill. Oh, Carol. What's up? Carol. Carol Baskin. Yeah. Like, we didn't even cover, like, Carol Baskin's, like, husband's, like, ex-family. We didn't cover oh, yeah. <laughs> um, Joe Exotic's parents. Uh, we didn't cover, like, the weird videos he made, the music videos he made <laughs> that they played throughout the series. So there's lots of good stuff to go back and watch. His and fake music career. You know that's not him yeah. singing. No, it's not in singing. No, <laughs> it's it's just uh, he was in it to win it. So um, the music yeah. ain't bad though. And I I really felt for him at the end when they show those little interviews with like um, especially those uh, chimpanzees that he's like I always kept them in a cage from each other like for ten years they lived in the cage right next to each other and to see them in one habitat like hugging each other he's like did i deprive them from that like there's there's some self-reflection going on in those little footages of uh the film of him in hiding which i think is really valuable to the whole lesson of the documentary i agree too because you do you do see a change in joe you do you start seeing yeah. him not not believing his own shit anymore. You start you you. It's basically a story about watching a man go real high, as high as Joe can go, and fall as low as Joe can go. Yeah, he has a very um. He has a very projectile motion. He has a very arc because like they do show early stuff of him too, saying that like, you know, you shouldn't be breeding tigers or like you should just keep them in asia and africa where they belong and like you know they're just here for us to uh, know these animals inside a, a safety part so those other animals can be safe and then then it explodes into this crazy thing and then he goes kind of back to 
he reflects more back on how he truly should have been. Yeah. Then. No, that's a good way of put, putting it, Andy. Because, you know, yeah. it is a, it's like a Shakespeare play. Exactly. It's a tragedy. Yes. It's a tragedy. Well, and, you know, they're, to let all our viewers know, they're going to make an, a Joe Exotic scripted television series starring Nicolas Cage. No, is a it Nicolas Cage? Oh my god, I'm so excited about this. I've never heard about this before. Are you talking about Nicolas Cage playing Joe Exotic? Yeah, Nicolas Cage playing Joe Exotic. Oh, so he's going to take the guy that he played in Con Air and just Joe Exotic that guy up a little bit? I think that's that's a, that's actually pretty good. I think that's going to work out. No, great casting. Great casting. And um, yeah. I think... But the, the my whole thing is like, yeah, it's a cool casting, but then it's still going to be probably like a Netflix movie. And it's like, eh, I don't know if I, I don't know if I need a movie, like a scripted version. Like I saw everything. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it would be like, you would have to walk that line between spoofing Joe Exotic and being like a, like a drama, like tragedy about Joe Exotic. Like you would have to. You would have to kind of choose a, a a side of that to you can't just bounce back and forth because it's not reality we know it's fake yeah and if it is going to be like a serious one then i better learn something new about joe like i don't want to see just the same thing i saw with nicholas cage right you know okay. so that's going to be coming out in the no time they know for filming yet they they are um signing the actors and such uh this whole rona pandemic is probably pushing that production back for a little bit but that will be coming out very soon well mm, i can't wait i'll watch it (laughs) i'll definitely watch it too and if you guys haven't seen online search up joe exotic and louis thurdo um you can watch the first documentary that i saw on him he's much younger at that time he's still with john finley and travis and it's just an interesting thing now to watch if after you watch the the full documentary because you're like oh shit so this guy yeah, was really it's doing like it watching the um the it's like looking at the cover of the puzzle boxes right before somebody dumps all the puzzle pieces on the floor and throws away the box yeah because when you watch that documentary because i rewatched it after i watched this cause i was like dude i gotta watch that again that was so nuts you can see how confident he was in how things were going in his life like he was like oh yeah like i got my two husbands life's good the zoo's about to blow up at any second you know no how couldn't you you gotta believe in your own in your own hype if you're gonna make something crazy like this happen <laughs> yeah definitely so i mean that's it for me you got anything else to say to the good people no nothing else if you if you have something to say about tiger king or you like our pod you know go send send us an email at uh i got five on it at bravo podcast studios.com if you have any movie suggestions we're open for that as well follow um, us all on instagram want, as well yep at i got five on it podcast oh. <laughs> five with like the number five don't spell out five yeah. People keep on to asking me about that. Don't spell out five. No, that's too long, guys. <laughs> it's just too long. It, it will look dumb at that point. Um, but yeah, let us know your opinion. Me and Andy want to hear from you guys. We want to make sure that someone's listening. Please. 
Yeah. We'll take envelopes of money too. That's that's also acceptable. If you want us to start a Patreon, we'll do it. Fine. Just like let us know you want to do that. <laughs> yeah, if you want to contribute on Anchor FM, I'll just freaking anchor.fm. I'll just activate that uh contributor portal if you guys want to give us money. So, just let us know. <laughs> All right, guys. Again, my name is no Sarah B. I'm here with my amazing co-host Andy B, aka Big Brother. And thank you guys so much for watching the I Got Five on It podcast. We love you. Buenos noches. Have a great rest of your day. And we'll catch you on the flip side. I'm going to go not get some sleep now. <laughs> All right. All right. Laters. Good night.